0: Hey, everybody. Thanks for checking into localjobnetwork.com radio. I'm Tim Muma, and this is Job Search Guide, where we lean on our expert guests to give you knowledge and strategies to give you the best shot at landing a new job. The focus for this episode is on the resume, specifically ensuring you create a balanced representation of yourself to put on display. Now, to give us some insight into this faction of your job search, we have Jessica Holbrook-Hernandez joining us from Florida. Jessica is the founder and CEO of Great Resumes Fast, so clearly the right person to speak with on this subject. How are you doing today, Jessica?
1: I'm great. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Oh, well, it's a pleasure to have you on. And before we jump into the topic, which obviously is important for all of our job seekers out there, uh, just give them a little idea of where you're coming from in terms of your professional experience and what you do over there at Great Resumes Fast.
1: I uh, spent 12 years as a recruiter and hiring manager for a couple of international corporations. That was how I got my start in the resume writing industry. and so for the last six years, I have been helping thousands of job seekers literally with their resumes and improving them and making them better. And we work with candidates at all levels, pretty much every day.
0: Great, well, obviously perfect for our topic here today. Uh, firstly, you know, a lot of people have their own thoughts, ideas of what a resume is, what the purpose is. How do you describe the ultimate purpose of the resume?
1: To get you an interview. I mean, that's really the ultimate goal of your resume.
0: <laughs> right. Now, I've seen numerous articles recently that say, you know, the resume is outdated. It's it's losing its importance. It's limited in value. Uh, what would be your response to comments like those?
1: Well, I think today, um, because we live in such a fast-paced and ever-changing society, there's always going to be someone who says that the resume is, you know, out of date or limited in value, for example, but the truth is recruiters, headhunters, and companies are still using the resume as the primary means of talent acquisition and evaluation. Hmm. It really helps them to ensure fairness and keeps them out of legal trouble for discrimination (laughs) because it puts everybody on the same playing field. So I think we could speculate all day you know, whether there's still value in it or whether it's outdated. But the fact of the matter is companies are still using it and will be for the foreseeable future.
0: Right. And I think that's an important point you bring up is if that's what the employer is looking to get from you, it's important, obviously, to follow those directions and and stick within those guidelines. Well, let's get to the resume itself then in terms of uh, what we're talking about. And we have this idea of a balanced resume, which was a term that I'd seen you use, obviously. Um, How would you define that, the idea of a balanced resume?
1: Sure. A balanced resume is basically a truthful resume that doesn't overstate or undersell. It speaks exactly to who you are as a candidate and the value that you offer the company that you want to
0: work for. I like the way you phrase that because it is often perceived that, you know, embellishing a little bit on one's skills or experience is sort of part of the the game of getting a job, especially talk about the difficult economy and, and the way hiring has been. But what would you say to the belief that that's all a part of it, the whole embellishing side?
1: I would say, unfortunately, most (laughs) job seekers don't know how to effectively market themselves. And so they tend to go one extreme or the other. They either embellish their resume or they undersell themselves. And I think... The origin of that belief probably comes from people who really are uncomfortable talking about themselves and their successes because they feel like they're bragging or they're being boastful. Mm -hmm. Being able to communicate those accomplishments and those successes is a critical part of an effective resume, one that will actually get you interviews. So um, I know people want to say that it's part of the game and that you have to do it. But I think it just comes from people's uncomfortableness as a whole of writing about themselves.
0: Yeah, I think that makes perfect sense. I, I personally feel that way as well in terms of <laughs> when you're trying to sell yourself, so to speak, uh, you know, whether it be on a resume or in person. It seems like with numbers and not necessarily something you can look up, but that's an area with numbers where you can kind of have these white lies and um you know, an example I think I had given you was the idea of saying expressing on there, well, I, I manage nearly 20 people when you know the exact number was 14 or 15, something like that. What I guess what, what would you say is the harm or danger in doing something like that where it might not be that easy to really find out what the true number was?
1: Sure. Well, I think some people, the biggest issue they run into is that they forget They really, they didn't do a good job of tracking all these accomplishments and successes along the way in their job history. And now they're trying to go back and remember and recollect exactly (laughs) how many people it was. And they don't, some people, when it comes to not being exactly truthful, it's just because they don't remember exactly. But if you remember the exact number, you need to make sure that you put it on there because employers will fact check. Right. almost every single employer is going to call your last employer for a reference and you never know what that person's going to say most of the time nowadays hr people are trained to only provide your salary range your job dates and um you know whether you were fired or whether you left on good terms that's right. that's how hr is trained now But you never know what that person's going to say. And they may be very chatty and they may tell them, oh, you know, there were 10 people in the department or there were 15 people in the Mm. department that they manage. So you always want to be truthful because it will come back to bite you
0: if you're not. I guess it's a great example to give to our listeners there as to why you shouldn't play that game that we're talking about. How about in the interview itself where maybe the, uh, the person interviewing the candidate can discover discrepancies in what you talked about in terms of maybe experience or, or the knowledge you have? How, how does that become uncovered in an interview?
1: Sure. Mostly that's going to come out in a behavioral interview or in okay. behavioral interview questions. Something like, tell me about a time when you did X, Y, Z. So this is why it's really, really important, and I know this is kind of off the resume topic because we're talking about interviews, but it's really important to prepare before the interview and to already be thinking of types of scenarios and challenges that you faced while you were employed, situations that came up, so it doesn't look like you're not being truthful and it doesn't look like you lack experience. Already think about questions that they may ask you, especially that start off with, tell me about a time when you did blah, 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 right. whatever it is, fill in the blank. You already need to have those answers prepared. So first of all, you don't look like you lack the experience. And, you know, obviously, so you have something truthful to tell them and you're not caught in any uncomfortable situations.
0: <laughs> and definitely feel free to to go into a couple of other realms. You know, as you said, interviewing isn't obviously the resume, but um, as you mentioned there, it's all going to be intertwined. You need to sort of have a plan in mind for everything that you're doing mm-hmm. with the job search. How about in terms of uh, the different verbiage a job seeker might use? And if, for example, if I put on there a, an expert in something, or use a, use another adjective that's sort of vague but might sound good. I mean, is that lying because it can't be proven? Is it just is it meaningless? Uh, what, what's your take on that?
1: I don't necessarily think it's considered lying to use terms like expert, successful, proven, results, things. I don't think, you know, that that is necessarily lying. The problem with using terms like that is that they're very generic and vague. Everyone would like to think that they're successful or able to produce results. Mm -hmm. But just by saying you are, that doesn't mean you actually are. And it doesn't prove anything to the employer either. All it does is make you sound like everybody else. So instead, you need to use facts and figures whenever possible. It's really hard to doubt facts and numbers on a resume. And it's much easier to prove those numbers if they call your past employer for a reference check.
0: Right, right. That makes perfect sense. Why does this happen exactly? though? Why do people feel the need to maybe overstate their skills, their accomplishments, their experience? I mean, are there common reasons why people might take that extra step or think they need to?
1: Yeah, if someone does overstate something on their resume, and I kind of want to emphasize here that most of our clients really undersell themselves versus overstate, Okay. but if someone does overstate, it's probably because they're insecure about their qualifications or whether they're qualified for the job. Mm. So they want to make sure that they, you know, make a big, grandiose statement so it looks like they're qualified, they have the necessary qualifications, and they're not considered unqualified. They don't immediately get X'd out. The other thing could be they're just unsure of how to position themselves effectively. So they think that by overstating their qualifications, they're more likely to be considered for the job. That's really where most of the overstatement comes in. They want to look like they're qualified, and so they think by embellishing, you know, their making sure that they're a better fit for the job.
0: Right. And, and yeah, you know, it's interesting that you say most of your clients are underselling themselves and we will definitely get to that in a moment. Uh, but it is a, an interesting concept there that that's what most people fall into as far as the category. Uh, a couple more things on the idea of overselling, overstating yourself. Do you have an example that you could give us specifically where, you know, maybe you saw that so they were just going over the top or embellishing again, as we talked about, and in a way that you could then have made that better or did make it better for that client?
1: Sure. Most overstating or lying on a resume (laughs) would be hard for someone like me to detect unless someone's really going overboard and making themselves sound like Superman. I think um, (laughs) the important key to remember for job seekers is to always be truthful. Everyone has impressive accomplishments and contributions in their career history. And if you focus on your own unique story versus someone else or overstating or lying, then you're positioning yourself more effectively. Mm -hmm. One of the things that people kind of get when they do embellish or overstate, it comes from making broad statements. And I'll give you a really great example of one that I read on a resume just this morning. And it's not necessarily that this is some huge over-embellishment or grandiose statement, but it's so broad it leaves the person wondering exactly where the fit is or where the value is. Mm -hmm. The statement the person used was, visionary leader with a history of client, stakeholder, vendor, personnel satisfaction offers diverse industry experience and broad suite of operations, sales, marketing, and business development expertise with a tenacious commitment to upholding organization mission and enhancing profitability. The problem with that statement is how vague and broad it is. It didn't Mm -hmm. really tell me anything about who the person was or what they did and how it applied to the position. Right some of the major statements in there were personnel satisfaction. That doesn't tell me anything about how (laughs) satisfied the personnel were. Add a number, add a fact, add a figure to that. Um, Diverse industry, that's so vague. Tell me the industry. Instead of us saying diverse industries, let's be specific about exactly what industries.
2: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: The organization's mission, let's Name the organization that you want to work for. Let's address how you're a good fit. And enhanced profitability is probably the biggest one because the recruiter or the hiring manager is going to look at that and say, uh, okay, you enhanced the profitability, but how can I qualify that? Right. Because I don't know how much you enhanced it by. That may mean millions of dollars or it may mean a hundred dollars. You have to give them something to qualify that statement. So they know exactly what your ability is. Otherwise you're just making this broad statement and, um, you could be overstating, you know, they may assume that you enhance profitability by millions when you (laughs) actually only did it by, you know, a hundred bucks or something. Sure.
0: I think that's a great piece of advice for, for those listening to have those, those facts and figures as much as possible to really give the employer something to look at and understand, as opposed to you said, just maybe figuring it out on their own. One other area in terms of overselling, and it's a little different in terms of the perception of it, is uh, you know we get a lot of questions from job seekers talking about they're having trouble finding a job, and it might be a situation where they've they've they're overqualified, or it would appear they're overqualified because they have say years of management, um, but their current situation, they're just looking for something you know that's entry level. In theory, they are overqualified for. What do you suggest in that situation? Do they lessen their qualifications in some way? Do they tone it down? What's what's the proper tact in a situation like that?
1: I think tone it down is a good way to put it. I really don't think it's possible to lessen your qualifications. Mm-hmm. Um you have job seekers have the experience they have. I mean, that's part of what makes them unique as a candidate. I think it's important that they brand themselves appropriately for the position. Part of that is emphasizing what is most relevant and their career history to that position. Mm-hmm. So you want to make sure that you're branding yourself and you're positioning yourself effectively for that position. And if you have experience that isn't relevant, it's not a lie to just not include it sure. on your resume if it doesn't make a good match. So you want to make sure that you position yourself appropriately for the opportunity. And then another thing to remember is that you want to emphasize in your cover letter why you're applying for that position as especially if it's very apparent that you're overqualified. A cover letter is a great place to explain complex challenges, like why you're applying for the position if you're obviously overqualified. Some people are making a career change, and so they have to take a lesser position or an entry-level position because they don't have the experience for that upper-level opportunity, and that's okay explaining that on your cover letter is a great place or some people want you know they've been in management for all these years they've been making the decisions they've had all the stress and the pressure on them and they don't want that anymore (laughs) and so now they're looking for a step back explaining that on your cover letter will ease the employer's mind or the recruiter's mind that you're just taking this position to hold you over until something better comes along, which is the primary reason why employers won't hire someone they deem overqualified, because they get nervous that that person will leave once they find something better. Mm -hmm. And so your job is to make sure that they understand that there's a reason why you want that position and that you're not going anywhere.
0: I love that you brought up that example of how uh, to utilize the cover letter with your resume in that way. I think that's something that probably a lot of job seekers don't understand still. So I definitely appreciate you bringing up that idea for all those listening. You mentioned earlier that most of your clients end up underselling themselves in in some way with their qualifications experience. However, um, they end up doing that themselves. But how common is that then? You say most of your clients, I mean, would you say it's it's 80%, 90% is that, I mean, is that the biggest misstep people take on their resume is just underselling what they actually are or can do?
1: Absolutely. I would say it is extremely common. And there's a lot of people that, you know, aren't our clients that are just job seekers out on the market that are doing it. Right. They're um drastically underselling themselves because they're being so you know, vague on their resume, or they don't know how to write about their accomplishments and their contributions or their successes. A lot of times you say accomplishments and successes, and they just freeze up. So we don't even use that terminology in our consultations with our clients because it it almost automatically gives them, writer's block or something. They can't remember <laughs> right. anything that they did. So we talk about what they did on a day-to-day basis. We talk about challenges that they faced while they were employed, how they addressed those challenges, and then what the outcome was. And a lot of times thinking about things like that will help job seekers to create a more specific and relevant resume so that they're not underselling themselves.
0: So what I mean, what advice in terms of like specifically, is it again focusing on numbers? Because you, they're just talked about what they might do on a typical day. And I understand it's probably just to get them talking and, and get an idea of what, what they do do and what they've accomplished. But uh, for those listening, where, where do you start with that to just ensure you're not putting yourself at that disadvantage by underselling yourself?
1: Sure. I think the first thing you have to do is go through your resume and look at it. And if you've heard the statement before, if it's been on someone else's resume, or if it could apply to more people than just you, throw it out Hmm. and then go back. And when you see a word or something that could be generic, could apply to more people, Make it personal to you. Like I was talking about before with the enhanced profitability or the diverse industries, being specific about the industries, being specific about how you enhance the profitability, how much adding metrics and numbers and facts and figures whenever possible will help you not to undersell yourself. And then it also brings out your individuality as a candidate and it tells the employer the value that you can offer them you're actually showing them the value, what you can deliver to them as an employee. And then you're not underselling yourself so much. People, they don't realize they go online, they hop on a resume sample site or a resume template site, and they think, oh, that sounds really awesome. And they put it on their resume. And what they don't realize is that there's literally thousands of people that are (laughs) doing the very same thing. And everyone's resume starts to sound exactly the same. And then the employer is sitting there looking at 20 resumes and everyone sounds the same and they're going, well, how do I tell these people apart and how do I decide who's the most qualified for the position?
0: So in the end, they're still looking for that person to stand out, be unique. And that's sort of what I'm hearing from you.
1: Exactly. And the way you can do that is by speaking to your unique Um, accomplishments, your unique career history, one of the great things about, you know, being human is that you have experiences that no one else has. No one out there who does the same job as you has the exact same set of experiences that you do. They may, you know, perform the same job every day, but you've done it differently. You've come against different challenges. You've done different things. And so use that to your advantage when writing your resume and be very specific.
0: Mm -hmm. As you talked about, people need to be specific to whom they are, but our listeners always like to sort of have an example to grasp onto. Would you be able to, uh, again, give us a situation where maybe a client was underselling something and you're able to bring out that uniqueness, bring out that specific point uh, that they were looking to make?
2: We
1: get this all the time, especially for like project managers and stuff like that. They'll say, successfully manages multiple projects. Mm. And to me, that's just a, a really general statement. Yeah. To be more specific, you could say something like directed the life life cycle of 15 simultaneous projects that resulted in 98% client satisfaction ratings and increased revenue $400,000 in the first quarter of 2013. Hmm. Okay, I'm just putting in random numbers there, <laughs> Sure. you insert your own numbers. Right. But you're telling them how many projects, you're telling them what the result of those projects were. And if you increase revenue or cut costs, you're telling them by how much and in what time frame. Those are ways to remember, or those are ways not to undersell yourself. Those are ways to make it more specific to you.
0: Right. No, and I definitely stand, I mean, just in listening to those two, clearly the numbers stand out and your first statement was kind of, I'm not really sure what you said, to be honest. So. uh <laughs> Obviously, you've given us a ton of information here. And I think some great insights and strategies for those listening. And um, we really hope that all of those people that are hearing your suggestions will, will take those to heart. As we look to wrap up sort of the final message of what we talked about today, some of the topics, what would you want to express to the job seekers regarding the idea of balancing their resumes, maybe that final tip, final takeaway um, just from this discussion today?
1: Sure. It's important to make a connection between your experience and the needs of the company. You want to be relevant. Put the most relevant information first on your resume. It goes in the top third of your resume. Save time. For the recruiter, by not making them go searching for that information that they're going to want, which is the most relevant information to the position, and you're going to use facts and figures like we just talked about earlier. Probably the most important thing is avoiding the familiar. If you've seen it on a resume sample site, read it in someone else's resume, um, or if it could even remotely be applied to someone else or sounds like someone else, don't put it on your resume. It completely waters down your brain and the individuality you have as a candidate. Make sure everything that you're putting on your resume is unique to you. Ask yourself questions like how much, how many, when, during what time frame, to what end. Questions like that will help you be very specific on your resume.
0: That sounds like a perfect place to leave things off today. So with that, we will close out this edition of Job Search Guide on LJN Radio. We've been speaking with Jessica Holbrook-Hernandez, the founder and CEO of Great Resumes Fast. And Jessica has given us some great advice and strategies. And when it comes to balancing out that resume and as she's talked about giving those unique details to help you stand out. Jessica, thanks a lot for taking some time with us. We do appreciate you giving our listeners some insider tips today.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Of course, we always want to hear from you, the listeners, as well, so please send us an email to ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com if you have any comments or suggestions for any of our podcasts here on LJN Radio. Once again, I'm your host, Tim Muma. We'll talk to you later.